I'm Daniel. My pronouns are he and him. I'm Robert. My pronouns are also he and him. And And this this is Grizzly Grizzly Kiki. This is Jackie Huba, a.k.a. Lady Trinity, with Drag Out the Vote. Drag Out the Vote is an organization that registers voters and gets them to the polls with the help of drag queens from across the country. We've got a lot of events coming up, so you're going to see us out registering voters all over. If you want to check your voter registration to make sure you're registered, go to dragoutthevote2020.org or go to a link on our social media, which is at Drag Out the Vote on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure you're registered. Go grab three of your friends, make sure they're registered, and follow us to help us get out the vote and bring us to the polls. Hi. Hi. How are you? Um, I'm great. I can't look at you. <laughs> I know. Jeez, you don't have to tell people those things. Oh, my God. No, I I I literally can't look at you because I have to face the microphone. And if I move, everything will fall apart. So we're we're trying a new setup so that we don't have to basically turn our apartment inside out every time we podcast. So Robert got this very cute um, little mixer. So we are trying something new out on our coffee table. So Mm -hmm. if there are some um, dings and things like that, it's... Because we're experimenting. Right. So, yeah. <clears throat> Why am I it's what everybody that? loves is an experimental podcast. I, <laughs> I have my gong at the ready. Mm. Um, yeah. Very gongy. Um, what have you been up to this week? Um, what have I been up to this week? Lots of work. It, yeah. it has been a very busy... Well, what would you like to share with the class? Um, I mean, like, I feel like I'm ready to move in, if that makes any sense. Where? Into, like, the space that is, like, my big, really big office, office, my office slash storage space. So we're, like, getting ready to to start putting things on shelves and, you know, making it a little more accessible. So that's fun. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're also hiring somebody new, which has been interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, Because I've never had to be in that side of the decision-making process. I've always been the person... Uh, you know, sending out my application and cover letter and like crossing my fingers that somebody likes it enough to, uh, to give me a call or an email back. Hmm. So it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, it is interesting being on the hiring side. Yes. I, Um, I had a pretty traumatic experience at my job in terms of hiring someone and (laughs) and I've, I've made it very clear to my boss and all of my coworkers that I never want to do that again. Yeah. It puts you in like a judgment position or even just like. Looking at resumes and and having to you know like cross out this and that you know things that you're just not looking for it's mm-hmm. it it is kind of fascinating because I feel bad when I'm like mm, no not this person or you know something like that because I'm like they'd be good for a completely different job just not this one right so um yeah but I've I've had to learn very quickly to kind of like put that aside and just like really focus on what we're looking for yeah so yeah that's that's been my week <laughs> yeah. How about you? Um, something that I want to share. Um, I don't know. Oh, so basically, so so back um, 
back on our like around pride i told the story about how we had a had an encounter with someone at rite aid and uh i shared that story with my therapist this past week because i'm trying to work on my anxiety and my anger issues and and all that and so they're all kind of tied together and uh i'm trying to find a way so my issue is that I'll find myself in a situation where I feel like I'm threatened. And there hasn't been anything that has been explicitly said to me that um, that makes me feel threatened. Or in the case of the incident on Pride at Rite Aid, there was something that was said and made me feel threatened. And so I kind of like want to run toward the burning building instead of away from it. And so what we're working on now is trying to help me get into a space where I can do that on, you know, like on a crowded subway, for example, or uh, on the bus or in a, in a situation where I can't physically remove myself from the situation because I'm in a moving vehicle of some kind. Right. And um, I love the suggestion that my therapist gave me uh, to create a like a calming playlist that I can put on when I feel myself heading in that direction. Oh. Just I really loved that suggestion. That sounds so, really cool. Yeah, like a yeah, like a musical version of a <sighs> yeah. Because that's what I do. Music to breathe to. Mm-hmm. I practice a lot of deep breathing, specifically when I feel myself getting elevated. Because mm-hmm. you know I don't like getting elevated, so no. I have to just. Often my father will ask me, "Why are you breathing so deeply?" <laughs> We're having conversations. Um, he was yeah. he was like. But I finally told him, like, it's because you're stressing me out and I don't want to lose it. So I'm taking a second in right. the middle of our conversation. Right. Um, and he was just like, damn, like, I stress you that much? And I'm like, well, yes, but this is not unique to you. I generally will just, you know, exhale, inhale and exhale very deeply if I feel stressed or, you know, threatened or, you know, any of those things that you yeah. were listing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited to 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 try and use some of those things. Um, and I'm also happy because I felt, I, and I don't know if I talked about it on here, but uh, we talked about it off mic, that I felt like I was ha- like getting to a very calm, like therapy free area of my life where I just, oh, yeah, I felt like I, I was about it, I think on our own. Yeah, yeah. Where I felt like I was sort of done with therapy. Like I had taken care of everything. And I mean, I couldn't have been more wrong. Thank- <laughs> Thankfully I had this last session and we like broke down a lot of other things. Um, but, uh, I, uh, I'm just, I'm happy that this is starting to, to, to feel like a long-term project, if that makes sense. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, do we want to talk about Wicked? Yes, I feel very wicked. Do you? For the one time I feel wicked. Um. You really didn't like that line. But did you understand it? Of or? course I understood it. Well, oh. we, we went to see Wicked. Yes. This past um, Wednesday, and um, I really—I mean, we'd seen it. I'd seen it once before. I think you'd seen it what two or three this times. This was my fifth time seeing Jesus. it. I think it's amazing. Yes. I really like that where we were seated, we got to see more because, like, we were you know center mezzanine. Um, so that was great. It was amazing to see alexander and, billings and uh and, additionally because you said we were center mezzanine mezzanine but you didn't say where we sat the first time we saw it which was, oh we were in the orchestra all the way to the left we were in the front we the were front in orchestra, we were yeah. in lottery seats mm-hmm. 
in the front of the orchestra. Yes. Just like sorry because for comparison. If, if you've seen Wicked, there's just there's a lot of stuff going on, not just on the stage, but like uh, around it. There's a gi- there's a giant dragon that like mm-hmm. flaps its wings, and there's smoke that comes out of its nose, and you don't actually get to see any of that if you're sitting super close to the to yeah. the stage. So it's like a Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. I mean, the show is not like a Cirque du Soleil show, but that idea of an immersive theater, I think, is very much Cirque du Soleil. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, in the biggest house on Broadway. So, right. you know, they have to make, uh, I guess, take advantage of the space. Um, oh, but like I was saying, it was amazing to see Alexandra Billings in the role of Madame Morrible. Yes. Which was just When you amazing. told me that Alexandra Billings was coming into the part of Madame Morrible, I was like, oh my god, that is going to be so good. She's going to be so good mm-hmm. in um, in this. For for those who don't know who Alexandra Billings is, uh, she is a trans actress who uh, has been on Transparent um, and a number of other things. Yeah, how to Get Away with Murder, she was on for a little bit. Right. Um, yeah, she's been, you know, acting for a long time. Yeah. Um, we've, we've listened to her on, on, uh, like podcasts and Mm -hmm. stuff. And, um, but I don't think we've ever really gotten to see her sink her teeth into a role. And she is phenomenal Mm -hmm. as Madame Morrible. I told Daniel after the show was over that, uh, you know, I've like, you know, I've seen, I've seen Wicked five times and at this point and the other four, I didn't like the Madame Morrible. It was this like, um, they, they, the, the, the actor playing Madame Morrible always plays her like, um, kind of like the principal from Greece, if that makes sense. Gwen Verdon. Uh, I sure. Think that was her name, the actress, anyway. Sort of like the principal from Greece, but then also sort of like the um, the secretary from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like the principal secretary from Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off, slash the um, uh, Chastity Pariah from. Uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. It's, it's just like, it's the wrong energy for that character. And I, I've always wanted to see someone lean full, like fully lean into the wickedness of that character because she's a corrupt teacher. And so uh, Alexandra did it perfectly. The the voice and all of it. I just, it, it was, it was the, she was, a, she was like a shining star mm-hmm. in this show where, you know, Madame Morrible is not really meant to be. She's a supporting role at best. Well, but she gets a lot of things moving. She does. She really kind of she she's at every um, kind of twist and turn because she's kind of you know um, uh, manipulating things. Well, yeah, you know, that's she, my you know. But my point is like she's not a main character. No, she's not a, she's peripheral at best. Exactly. Well, I didn't remember her. Oh, because I was like, "What character is this?" I I honestly didn't because the character when we went to see it had so little impact, and it's not a dialogue or a music thing. I think really, when it comes to Wicked, more so than other shows I've seen, it really depends on who you know, like the job that the actor is doing. Right. You know, like Elphaba. This go around was, I mean, the first go around she was amazing as well, but this one was spectacular. But the actor playing Glinda was, you know. Phoning it in, phoning it. It just it didn't um, fully phoning it. Yeah, in. it wasn't it wasn't very you know memorable. Um, but there were some things like like that line. You know, I feel wicked. I was just like, oh, okay, we got it. It just like I don't know. It it didn't have the same oomph for me that it did the first time we saw it. But maybe I don't know. Um, I feel like with that line in particular, you don't really get you don't really get a lot of opportunities for. Alphaba to feel 
like feel this this sensual energy mm-hmm. toward Fiero the way that Glinda does. And so that line to me is her finally leaning in to like the the urges in her body. Mm-hmm. Uh because uh, uh, you know, spoiler alert, the whole story of Wicked is basically showing you that the Wicked Witch of the West in The Wizard of Oz was not like she was not actually the villain. It yeah. was somebody else. Yeah. It was it was actually the the wizard essentially. Mm-hmm. And so um that was that was to me that was the moment where she was like I'm I I have been paying attention to everyone else my whole life and I'm going to allow myself to pay attention to my own urges and my own feelings. Anyway, I added a lot of extra emotion to it, but I just I particularly enjoy that line because every time I've seen this this musical it catches me off guard when she says that because you're not the the show is not very sexual in nature or anything no. like that. Yeah, and so when that happens, you're reminded that these are humans with urges and all that stuff, and and that this love story between her and Fiero is real. So I like that line, but you fully cringed. <laughs> it just I don't know. Maybe it's the way she said it. I don't know. Maybe I, I didn't. It was just um, it just kind of. I don't know. It didn't really fit. I think with with yeah. with what was li- like. I knew it was coming, obviously, but it mm-hmm. just didn't. I don't know. I know nothing. Um. So if I can vent, <laughs> if I can vent for a quick second. So I've I've already said I've. This was the fifth time I'd seen Wicked, and I understood within the first twenty minutes of the show that I was going to be bored. Fully understood mm. it. Um. And I love Wicked. I um. I cried during defying gravity the first four times that i saw the show because to me the song defying gravity and alphabus character it's a representation of queerness for me that her flying at that moment is like her finally coming out and being her truest self and so it just every time i've seen it like that's what goes through my mind and the the emotions come out by me crying uh but this time i didn't get to cry because some asshole sitting to my right decided to whoop and cheer and scream as soon as uh, the actor playing Elphaba took off into the air, which fucking pissed me off to the point where because that that moment happens right before the intermission. So I turned my my body and put my fist under my chin because I was like, I want to see this idiot who ruined this moment for me. I want to I want a full facial view of this idiot. Uh, and it was just, you know, it was two drunk homosexuals, hopefully on a date. I hope they have a lovely life. But like, I never want to be in a theater with them ever again. They were so loud through the entire show. I mean, I, I, I think this seemed like a, a thing that they would do because he knew he knew everything that was happening. Cause he, he knew the he, words. He started to whoop whoop before because I didn't notice this the first time. Mm-hmm. But the second time he whooped whooped, whenever it was, he whooped whooped before the thing that mm-hmm. was going to happen happened which was not fun right you know um i also i ha- it was a moment of pause for me because i i have been that annoying person um specifically there was one instance where a friend of mine and i like we just we happened to win the lottery and so we're sitting there next to each other giggling and whatever and um it actually oh i remember now so uh my ex's 
friend was in town and so we decided to do the wicked lottery we ended up winning four tickets and so uh my my friend ended up coming with us and so i let my boyfriend at the time sit with his friend and then i sat with mine and we used to do this thing where um if we were like if we were looking for each other or if we were meeting each other we would just point at each other from across the street until we met like it was a a stupid thing and so when alphabet started flying the time that we saw it we pointed and our like our fingers followed her into the air um it's just it was like a stupid joke but um anyway i i have totally been that person and i understand i just i appreciate absolute silence when i'm watching live theater a movie it doesn't matter what it is any live experience i hate it when people talk i get it yeah i got it so it just really bugged me i felt like you were just talking to me no 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 not at all i just you're attacking me no, I'm attacking myself, if anything. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. So um, the other thing that I thought was so something that maybe I didn't notice. Uh, so at the very, very beginning of the show, there is a um, all of the townspeople come out and they're um, they're uh, they're celebrating the death of the Wicked Witch of, of Elphaba. And so um, what I didn't notice is during the opening number, they're all celebrating and the silhouette of the you know of the wicked witch of the west is uh is like kind of moving like smoke on the uh what's it called on like the scrim behind them oh yeah i'd never noticed this so i'm wondering to all of my wicked heads out there uh is this something that was added to the show or is it just that i've never seen it before i don't know um you let me know because I did, I caught a couple of things that I don't remember being there, like uh, when uh, there's a scene where Alphaba is doing a spell, and normally the book, the like the spell book is sitting on the ground, and this time it was on a, like a, um, a pillar. And so that was another thing that I'd noticed. Mm-hmm. And I have, the first time I saw the show, it was back when the original cast was in it, and I didn't know, like, I knew nothing. I was just, my, my, my friend, Steven, who lived on my floor sophomore year of college was like they're doing a show it's based on a book it's the other story of the wicked witch of the west and you know how he was like he was doing throwing every catchphrase from the show at me he was like oh there's so much more that happened before dorothy dropped in i was like steven i'm i'll go i don't care what it is i'll go and he was like a like a an in an in-person commercial like do they do this anymore when people come out of the musical and they use that as part of the like the tv ads I always thought those were staged. I always thought they were so corny, but I loved it. Because they were just, yes, oh my god. Like, everybody was so excited when they left the theater. Yeah. Um, So, what Steven did, because we were poor college students. I mean, I don't know how he did it, because this was a big front, I think. Um, But he fronted the money for... Uh, like a group of 30 of us and then just basically sold the tickets off like one one at a time and somebody was nice enough to purchase mine for my birthday so um anyway we saw it with the original cast and i just don't remember so having seen it from then to now i don't remember the silhouette of the wicked witch at the very beginning of the show and i don't remember that pillar um i also noticed that when Alphaba first or when uh, Glinda first comes out, there's bubbles like there's bubbles being projected. And I remember there being actual They're not bubbles. Projected. They no, were, there were there were bubbles no, being projected. They were coming out of her little thing. But listen, though, there were bubbles coming out of her thing that she comes down on. And then yeah. there were also bubbles being projected onto the screen behind her. Oh, I didn't notice that. OK, I see? just saw the bubbles in the air. Do you see? I was getting there. I was getting there. Um, 
yeah, so I didn't like, there. I feel like they added a couple of things. Uh, some some of the stuff looked a little different, but I don't. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sure, so I'm just wondering if anyone else has noticed. Um, and I feel like that was that. I mean, I will say uh, the experience of getting to the Gershwin and like walking in was a little more angry and aggressive than uh, I feel like because uh, we got there and I was like, everyone's being so rude. I don't know what's happening with the staff at this theater, I mean, but everyone's work being on a so Wednesday rude. and they're dealing with all of these Broadway week people probably for the past two weeks. So yeah, but it's wicked. It's not like there are less people this week than there were yeah. last week or more people this week than there were last week. It's just, I, I don't, I don't get it. I just don't get it. So, but uh, whatever. I not wouldn't like deal. us either. If I was an usher. Yeah. I don't know. Also, are ushers volunteers or are they paid? And that's to the listeners. I would hope they get paid, but I don't know. I remember hearing that they were they were volunteers and that their pay was watching the show for free. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just curious. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and does anyone have any recommendations for other Broadway musicals that we can go see? Because we we've seen three shows in the last, what, two months? Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of, I kind of like it. And Broadway used to be a bigger, it used to ha- take a, or uh, occupy a bigger space in my life uh, before. And I kind of like us going to live theater. It's, it's fun, even though it's inconvenient to go during the week. Not gonna lie, yeah. but uh, I, I like it. It's a lot of fun. I do yeah. enjoy it. So I think that we should, we should do it more often. Mm-hmm. And I'm just I wondering. See Chicago. You really want to see Chicago? Because I like, I like that musical. I've never seen it. But I, lo- okay. I mean, I I like the movie, and then obviously, like I had to um, see. I what wish do you call that? like study the musical in in college as well. So. I wish you had said that when we were buying tickets to Wicked, because I would. I haven't seen. I saw Chicago once in high school, and I really liked it. And I remember hating the yes, movie. But the, the tickets because... for Chicago are not always like they're not as expensive generally as like the shows that we went to go see. So I was like, well, if there's discounts for these shows, let's go see those shows. Fine, but I would have gladly seen Chicago again mm. instead of seeing Wicked again. Do you understand? Yes. We also, we missed out on Lion King tickets when we were purchasing these, mm-hmm. and I'm still disappointed about it. But anyway, so we're going to take a break. Uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about The Masked Singer because we have a new season upon us. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the key key going. We're back, and there is a new, a brand new season of The Masked Singer, and we couldn't be more excited to talk about it. Uh, So what do you think of the new crop of masked celebrities? Um, You you mean like, well, I like all the looks so far that we've seen. I mean, some of the costumes are a little cuckoo, but we have only met six. Yeah, we've only met six people so far. Right. So, so far, I like it. I mean, I can't say that the song choices are my favorite. Yeah. Um, but, but I feel like that happens sometimes. Yeah. Like, the songs aren't always like, 
the best. Yeah. But, um... Oh, and I should also say, before we get too deep into this conversation, we're going to be giving... uh, We're going to be doing spoilers for this. So if you have not seen the first two episodes of The Masked Singer, um, we're going to be spoiling them. So um, you might want to skip to the next segment. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, I I thought that the so I'm confused by the white tiger. Why is the white tiger Egyptian? Is that like a thing? I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's a thing, but it's not like something I haven't seen before. Like, is the white tiger something that existed in Egypt, like in the in the pyramids? I don't. I don't. I, don't, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I know they have tigers in Africa, but right. Yes. Yes. I know they have tigers in Africa, but I mean, obviously, but I don't know. I don't know how much a part of Egyptian culture they were, but I mean, you know, they kind of mix whatever they want. Yeah. In terms of costumes. So um, that, uh... the llama is super kooky and fun. I would say the the fact that the llama has back legs. Oh, my God. I thought a was very butt. funny. Like the whole thing. The, like, the the whole thing is just a butt, yeah. It's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. That I didn't like that. I was like, "Why are you doing this to this poor person in this costume?" Yeah. Like on top of the fact that they have to sing while they're like, you know, basically in like a, a Disney World costume, <laughs> right? Yeah. Now you have this one person with a, and not even to scale because it was like a time a tiny llama ass <laughs> sticking out <laughs> of the back of him on wheels. Yeah, it's like silly. But. Yeah, they should have given that llama heelys. That would have made more sense. Because then you can do that. You can make them look like hooves and still like not sacrifice the fact that they're like, well, you know, it looks like an office chair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what it looked like. Oh, my God. Um, and the kangaroo's face. There's something. There's like an uncanny valley thing happening with the kangaroo's face. It's unfortunate. It's, well, it's creepy. It's not really the, f- it's not really the snout. It's the... Because the snout is stoned. I really oh, appreciate that it's yeah. stoned. It's the eyes, like they're bugged out in a weird way and they have weird bags under them. So it is a little scary. It like compared to the others, you know, when they when they do animals on the show, they're more cartoony mm-hmm. or cartoonish. And this is like like bad fan art. Mm-hmm. I don't know. No me gusta. Yeah. Um, I like that we have a Miss Monster. And, like, that whole storyline that's going on where, like, she, you know, came on the program because she had a crush on Mr. Monster. I think mm-hmm. that's very cute. It is. It is cute. Um, it is cute. I just, I hope that we can not define, I mean, this is me getting whatever, but we can not define Miss Monster by the monster. Do you know what I mean? Because it, oh, it yeah. seems like her entire narrative is all around her having hearts in her eyes for the monster. And it's like, okay, we can move on from that. I think it's cute, though. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It is cute. And if the monster is who we think it is, it sort of makes sense. Because most of these people, most most people know this singer as her own person. Uh, but she was part of a group. And a lot of the songs that you know, like a, a lot of her popular mm-hmm. songs that you know, were her in, in the duo that yeah. she was part of before she went solo. So um, I think that's exciting. Um, you know what? Let's go through the um the performances from the first episode yeah let's go through the performances okay. quickly so the white tiger performed ice ice baby by vanilla ice i thought it was okay i'm ready for the white tiger to go home okay um <laughs> not a great voice i'm then sorry we, then we have the turtle who sang <laughs> kiss from a rose by seal which i kind of enjoyed a little bit it was fine i mean it just nobody who sings that song 
is going to do what Seal does. That's just yeah, no, how it is. No, um, the llama sang "She Bangs" by Ricky Martin, which was a funny choice. I Very funny choice. Hated this. This was where I, the, like this was the one actually of, of all six songs on the first one on the first episode rather. I like that song is so bad. Like that song is terrible. <laughs> it is a terrible song, and they're obviously picking songs that you know these artists like the 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 songs that they're picking were important songs for that artist, mm-hmm. right? Was she bangs that? important for ricky martin yeah um it was a big hit number one and number two there have been rumors swirling at least at that when when ricky was still in the closet there were rumors swirling that he was gay and him releasing a song about how he thinks that this woman is hot was helping him stay in the closet essentially so yeah it was a big deal oh i i mean and i was a ricky martin fan but i hated this song um see shows how much of a fan you were i loved it I love J-Lo. And I remember there was some really hot, uh, there was some really, really hot uh, model in the music video. Because he, remember he had that music, he had the music video where there was a, see, you were not a Ricky Martin fan, liar. I've seen the music video, but I'm not, I can't like, because I hated it that much. It's a, a glass table in the middle of the room that is filled with models, like filled with models, not having an orgy because they, they were all in clothed. The table? They're inside the table and they're all just like shirtless and just like showing off their bodies. And there was some really, really hot, I want to say Calvin Klein model that was on the top. And so he was like featured like prominently. But, or maybe it was Ricky Martin that was shirtless and it was just a bunch of uh, female models like rubbing his chest. I don't remember. Can I just say that first, like, of this table filled, like, literally filled with models and then there's like a sexy male model on top in this music video if that is what it looked like that doesn't really go very far in convincing people that he's straight no they weren't doing a good job i mean i mean the chunky highlights they just they weren't doing a good job highlights the leather pants the you know the night it's the the queerest folk club uniform it's kind of like how boy george was trying to convince us he was straight in the 80s you know what i mean like it didn't make sense it just didn't make sense (laughs) Anyway, anyway, moving on from uh, next Miss Monster. Was Miss Monster who oh. sang... Yeah, we hadn't got, gotten there yet. Uh, it was Miss Monster who sang uh, Something to Talk About by Bonnie Raitt. Amazing. Also, are we going to start doing the spoilers now? No, we're Let's doing that at the end. I cannot believe these judges don't hear this this woman's voice. Can we anyway. just watch this show? Like, okay, so everybody as it as it progresses and we get to know these these characters we literally go through and like just go to the performances and the clue packages we don't mm-hmm. even listen to the judging i hate the judging on this show it it is the thing that like bothers me the most because it's not that they have to get it right or anything but it's that all of the judges except for like the guest judge that they have on every episode they act so dense yeah like they're not even good at like um, like trying to throw you off the scent or whatever. It, it, it's almost like they and we're like we're three seasons in. I think they're better at throwing you off the scent than you think, and that's why you hate it so much. But it's not that the thing is, I just don't care about what they're saying. Right, same. Like that's the, you know, like what what drives me crazy about it is that they're not even throwing me off the scent properly. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 
Oh yeah, there's it's not convincing. They're yeah. not they're not providing a convincing argument. Dr. Ken sometimes is like a little okay. Dr. Ken. His name is Ken John. <laughs> I know, but I anyway, he's on he's on the the UK version of this show as well. So oh, I'm curious that. um I'm curious about how he's how, you know, if he does the same thing on that. He's over there convincing everyone that Susan Boyle is each and every one of those contestants. You know that. You already know that. Susan Boyle. Uh, um yeah, so Miss Monster's voice was pretty obvious to both of us immediately, and the judges did not even come close. Yeah. So I mean, at this point, of of the people who've been on, of the people who are in the league of this singer that we, of the singer that we think this is, jeez, mm-hmm. I cannot speak today. Um, I was like, wait, could it be? No, that no, it's definitely not her. And so, like, they they're kind of like you know they've used them all. No. Well. I'm sort of, I'm secretly hoping that... I'm uh, saying would, of, of the ones that are in this league, some are dead. Some are, well, you know. Well, one that comes to the comes to the front of my brain immediately is Anita Baker. They haven't, they haven't had her on yet. They haven't. And they keep, and, and in season one, I think... And I'm, and I'm thinking specifically one? of these, these, uh, these singers that have obvious voices. Mm-hmm. Like Anita Baker has a very obvious voice. Shaka Khan, uh, Shaka Khan, look at me spoiling myself. Um... Who was the one who was on last season? It was Patty LaBelle. Patty LaBelle. Sorry, Patty LaBelle has an obvious voice. Gladys Knight has oh an obvious God. voice. So I, I guess I Gaynor already has an obvious voice. No, um, I think that the Miss Monster. I've already given it away, so I'm just going to lean in. Miss Monster, we think is Shaka Khan. Oh, immediate, immediately. And, yeah, and you can hear it. You can really, 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 really hear it. Um, the robot. I think we were both stumped. Mostly because I... the person who is the robot doesn't sing usually. Yeah, and also this song, like, oh, so the robot saying, "Are you going to go my way?" by Lenny Kravitz, which I had not thought of in over a decade, probably. But I do remember what a big song, what a big song, what a big deal this was. Yeah. Um, I couldn't tell you that I remembered. Like, I saw the robot perform this song and I uh-huh. listened, but it wasn't, you know, very memorable. But like you said, it, you know, it, they're not a singer. Yeah. Um, it you know and and the performance there was something about the robot's performance and it's shocking to find out who the perform who the robot is but there was something about the robot's performance that made it seem like the person in there was super uh super self-conscious about mm-hmm. what they were about to do which i guess makes sense because yeah. again not known for singing yeah so um and then the last person to perform was the kangaroo who sang dancing on dancing on my own by robin which those are big shoes to fill. Absolutely. With that song. I think they did okay. I think the kangaroo did pretty good. I mean, it's so terrible to say it, especially if it's who I think it is. But looking at this group of people, although no, Miss Monster killed it. The, like she won the night mm-hmm. on this one. So I take back what I was about to say, which I didn't even share while on anybody. Uh but I like the kangaroo. I like her. I like the the whimsy of the costume. And I like that, that the pouch face. The the face is is a little sad because it looks it looks either like the kangaroo's been crying or doing drugs. Not sure which one. <laughs> uh, and so well, it could be both. I like that the pouch though is a fanny pack. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite part of this costume. <laughs> it's just really adorable. Let's get into who was unmasked. Okay, so the person that was unmasked was the robot mm-hmm. who turned out to be Lil Wayne. Like what? I, I know like nothing about. I mean. I know who he is, and what did you, know. you learn about Lil Wayne? Well, I <laughs> it's 
not that I learned. I knew these things already, but I was like putting it in context. So Lil Wayne is what it, I said. Daniel was like, who's Lil Wayne? And I said, he is a rapper. He's a rapper. And, and I was like, he, oh, you mean Wheezy? Because that's Lil Wheezy. Lil yeah. Wheezy. Because I, I don't know why that's what I know. But he's a rapper, but he's also a really famous producer. Exactly. And he is essentially responsible for Nicki Minaj and Drake. Yeah, and I and remember Daniel the Nicki said, Minaj thing because I said Nicki Minaj and you said and Drake and I was like, oh, so Lil Wayne is Drake and Nicki Minaj's drag mother. Like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> That's a great way of looking at it. Uh, but yeah, and it it does make sense that he was maybe a little self conscious about his mm-hmm. performance because you get the the energy he was giving was one of like hurry up and finish this performance so that I can get off the mm-hmm. stage. It doesn't feel comfortable. The best was that Robin so. Thick could not even put his finger on it, and he done he's done five songs with him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, but that also did not sound like his voice, right? Obviously, because he speaks, doesn't sing. It speaks to the fact that he does not sing regularly, mm-hmm. and then on top of that. Uh, I think he uses he. I think he does use auto tune most of the time mm. when he's rapping. If I'm not mistaken, that's how I guess that it's like a right? no. I, I think that's his... actually just his voice. The auto tune oh. comes in as like a um as like a, a like a thing like a, a special thing. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone uses auto tune at this point, so they're just they're they're uh, changing it to to make it seem less uh, uh, obvious. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So um. What a huge get! All of the judges were floored. Like they were all standing yeah. and like that's when it's fun him- to see the yeah, judges yeah. is when when they've gotten it right because I can't remember who it was on last season that Ken figured out who like it was um, oh the basketball player it was out Ola- of Oladipe what was this Victor Oladipe yeah where I was like how the hell did you put that all together so that things like that that's when it's fun that's the sleuthery of it all that's exactly. what I like about the show but I don't I don't feel that other people are doing the sleuthery or even pretending to do it that's what mm-hmm. drives me cuckoo and the judges um, didn't get it with, no with Lil Wayne they were completely they were totally they stumped were gagged um, like, wow yeah so shall we move on to yeah let's move on to episode two. two so so sorry i thought you were gonna say something nope. um so in episode two the llama performed it's not unusual by tom jones i don't like this song so yeah. i could not tell you i immediately think of karen walker oh yeah yeah um miss monster performed fancy by bobby gentry mm-hmm. which is it was also sung by reba mcintyre right. so it's that song i thought it was beautiful I loved it. I thought it was great. Miss yeah. Monsters got me. Um, <clears throat> next up was the White Tiger who performed Good Vibrations by Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. I thought this was fun. How did the White Tiger make it to the next round? How? Also, this is a strange song to me because it's mainly the Funky Bunch. And Marky Mark is like rapping, obviously. The lyrics but... are, come on, come on, feel it, feel it. Yeah. Uh, like those are those are the words to the song. Yeah. I like this song, but for this, I don't think it like worked. Yeah. Very much. Um then the kangaroo performed You Know I'm No Good by Amy Winehouse. I, I loved it. Was it. Good. I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was very nice. Um and then the turtle wrapped everything up by performing Say You Won't Let Go by James Arthur. Which the I- the judges are gassing up the turtle in a way that is so unnecessary. I yeah. don't understand it. They weren't all that good. Yeah, the voice is not not like amazing by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Although so. I love the costume. This yeah. like punk turtle. Yeah. I'm gonna get Donatella uh, a mohawk wig. 
she will hate them. Oh, of course. She hates me now. What's new? Um, so who do we lose on this second so episode? So on this one, we lost the llama, Aww. who turned out to be Drew Carey. Right? I did not see that coming. Who did you think the llama was before the unmasking? There was, okay, so here is the thing where they throw things out that like sometimes works, like you're saying, mm-hmm. was that they said, somebody thought it might have been Woody Harrelson. They said Woody Harrelson or Matthew McConaughey because it was a very tall person. And it, like, let's be honest, it was like a stoner llama. Um, the tongue was hanging out the whole time. Mm-hmm. So Woody Harrelson, I was just, because I didn't have any other idea right who it could be i thought woody harrelson was a great uh was a great guess i was also thinking willie nelson so oh yeah i think didn't one of them say that i think they might have said willie nelson but immediately as soon as the llama came out i was thinking willie nelson um or even um cheech cheech marin yeah 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 because tommy chong was on the first season so it would have made sense Mm -hmm. to have cheech on although now I'm wondering, did he was he on? And I just don't remember it. I don't know. I don't think so. Uh, oh, now I don't know. Now I don't remember. It was definitely Tommy Chung who was on the first season. I know that. Yeah, he was the pineapple or the palm tree, or <laughs> it's like a strange character. Um, yeah, but it was it was really surprising. And this is another thing. This is where they get you. They they put in trivia, not trivia, but they put in these clues that like unless you're the world's biggest Drew Carey fan, you'd never know. You would absolutely never know. Yeah. So it doesn't make sense. Uh, but, um, okay, so out of everyone who's left. Okay, so we have the White what Tiger. The who you think, I mean, honestly, the, the only person that I'm like 100% on board with is Miss Monster, because everybody else I'm stumped. So you think that the White Tiger is Hulk Hogan? Well, the, one of the judges said Hulk, Hulk Hogan, and you can hear the, like, the, um, the intonate, like, the, the voice, the way that he hmm. speaks, his cadence. It sounds like Hulk Hogan. I'm embarrassed and to also, say I don't know what he sounds like. The White Tiger cannot sing. No. The White Tiger not. is giving you, snap into a slam jam, like with everything. And it's like, okay. Oh my God. So Hulk Hogan makes 100% sense. It wasn't my idea though. I totally, one of the judges said it and I was like, oh, does sound like Hulk hmm. Hogan. Who was the other person? Because you had said The Rock. And I was like, no. Oh, because there was like a wrestling reference. And right. Like, and there was something else in the clue package um, that I was like, oh, The Rock. Because, I don't know, there was like a hint of having been a like a wrestler and then moving into acting. But I guess Hulk Hogan has also been in a movie or yes. two. Oh, yeah. Hulk Hogan was in a bunch of movies yeah. in the 90s. Yeah. Um, uh, I also think it could be The Undertaker. But that's just a guess. I also know nothing about wrestling. So there's that. You know more than I do. That's for sure. Um, Wait, did we skip over Miss Monster? Or we we just no, we we're going in order. Breeze past her. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not Sorry. there yet. Um, the turtle, who you think is Corbin Blue? Yes, that's the only voice because there are all of these. The based on the clue package, I think that they're trying to point us in the direction of a child star. Yeah, or like a boy bander, right? A boy bander, but. When I think of boy banders, you have the white boy banders who their voices are kind of obvious. And then there's the black ones who have a, like a little more power. And this whoever's in this costume is like a thin voice. And so to me, that thin voice in my mind belongs to Corbin Blue. Hmm. That's just where I'm at. And then we have Miss Monster, who is obviously Shaka Khan. Right. Like that, like, you know, that she, that like kind of gravelly quality that she obviously that what i did was terrible but correct it sounded (laughs) how dare you 
She sounded more like Lil Wayne than Chaka Khan. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yes. Yes, I'm convinced it's Chaka Khan. Yeah, me too. Like, hands down. Um, and and the, then the judges have no idea. And the kangaroo, why don't you tell us who you think it is? Because I'm, I'm here for it. But I don't know. So the kangaroo, I think, is someone else who's not necessarily known for her singing, but does sing on some of her songs. I think it's Tiana Taylor, because that's the voice. I hear like um, a little bit of Fantasia, but with a like a raspiness. Like a deeper. And something that Tiana is, uh, is I guess, sort of known for. And if you listen to the song A Rose in Harlem, that's where that's what I'm using as my reference point. So when she goes for a high note, she hits the note, but her voice gets slightly raspier when she goes higher. And so, if you um, if you're uh, if you're paying attention to her performance of "You Know I'm No Good," you can hear that when she goes a little bit higher, the voice gets raspier. So, I think it's Tiana Taylor. Hmm. Yeah, but I could be. I mean, I could absolutely be wrong on this one, but I I feel strongly about it being Tiana Taylor. Now, picture the kangaroo playing her role in that Kanye West video. Oh, I can see it. Just all oiled up um i'll go with it why not i mean we might have somebody completely different the next time the i mean who knows they, they got us with kelly osborne they really on did season two i mean nobody even came near that they really really did yeah <sighs> i'm so excited for what's left yeah uh or for what's <laughs> for what's <laughs> for what's next yeah um so next up we watched snl this weekend well we're gonna take a break oh yeah we're gonna take a break uh, but when we come back, we're going to talk about SNL because RuPaul was the guest host this week and we loved it. So stick around. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as a meet and greet with James Charles. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95 and they offer great customer service. I should know. And they do sunglasses, too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. Who doesn't love that? <laughs> Choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way you can try on all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. We don't need people seeing things blurry. And Daniel wears Warby Parker, and now he can actually see me. And I'm now considering a divorce. Hey! To get started, head over to WarbyPorkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> Warby Porker? That's oh, a very different website. I was projecting. Very different. I mean, I project in all directions. Give them, give them that yeah. link one more time. Oh, sorry. To get started, head over to WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Again, that's WarbyParkerTrial.com slash Kiki. Warby Parker. Modern eyewear made simple. Don't Google Warby Porker. You'll regret it. We're back. And we are about to talk about something. I did not think that this was what was going to happen this week. But I'm happy to talk about the amazing job RuPaul did on SNL. Flawless. Amazing. I mean, there was one week skit. Yeah. But, but, that, but you know. But I thinking about the number of week skits that the show regularly has. They really stepped their pussies up with this writing this week for RuPaul. Mm-hmm. I mean, RuPaul helped a lot, I think. Yes. Give credit where credit's due. Because 
SNL has not been terribly entertaining for a while. I mean, you know, when they inf- like, there are standout people like A.D. Bryant and um, Kate McKinnon, Cecily, not Cecily Dyson, Cecily, Cecily Strong, Strong is amazing, Michael Che, and now Bowen mm-hmm. Yang. So, you know, it, but but in general, they have not been. Did I forget somebody? Don't forget forget about Ego Odom. I like her. Oh, she's great. I like her a lot. Yeah, a lot. Um. Anyway, but. I well, first of all, that RuPaul did skits in drag. the The one with Pete Davidson was very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, but going back, I loved his opening, his opening monologue. Yes, it it was it was very you know guru in a way, but he poked fun at himself. He poked fun at himself, but more than sure anything, did. it was a statement. It wasn't this like. Because the it had a very different flavor to it than any of the other monologues I think I've heard, uh, uh, that we've heard in a long time. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like he's here. He's the first drag queen to host SNL. Mm-hmm. That is a huge deal. And I'm gonna say, and I and I don't know. Why I always have to preface by saying this is that like I I have been critical of RuPaul in the past, and I think those things are still quite valid. Mm-hmm. But again, credit where credit is due, and it is an immense step toward visibility and inclusion and all these other things that, you know, on the face of it, he fights for. I think this is very much in keeping with that. I agree. Uh, I I particularly enjoyed his opening monologue, and I'm wondering if it was written by Lady Bunny, because it had that sort of bunny... Mm-hmm. Uh, like Bunny's voice almost. Yeah, I don't think somebody on staff wrote this for him. Yeah. Because it's it's too it's it was too much like it was so rue. Yeah. That like Well, no, it, I didn't think it was rue at all. You didn't That's think? why I, I thought it I thought it was. I thought it was written from Lady Bunny's voice, like from Lady mm. Bunny's perspective completely. But I love the way that Rue delivered it and I think mm. that if Rue asked Bunny to write his opening monologue, I think that was a smart choice. Because yeah. he he has said before that Lady Bunny is the funniest person he knows, and so that would it would make sense for you to ask the funniest person you know to write your monologue yeah. for SNL. I mean, it was great. Oh, and that the like I was saying, the skit with Pete Davidson where they yeah. put Pete Davidson in drag, it was very funny. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a great utilization of. Ooh, and I'm getting I'm getting all kinds of phlegm in my mouth as I say that. <laughs> It was a great utilization of drag uh, in a sketch. I knew that we, I went into this knowing that we were only going to get like the monster for the, um, for like a pre recorded mm-hmm. sketch, which makes sense. A hundred percent sense. I did not, however, I did not expect to get like quick drags, Rue, which I loved. The memes. Oh, as they're e- going to be so her good. Her as ET. Have you not seen that? No. It, it, it's RuPaul. You know, in 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 quick drags with a photo of ET in the hat with the wig mm-hmm. underneath it. I love. I I just. I really. I really. I enjoyed have to it. say though, RuPaul. I'm sorry. RuPaul. Yes. RuPaul in quick drag. Quick drags. That was somebody's aunt. Uh, I mean, yeah. really though, like RuPaul with just a little bit of lipstick and a wig is pretty. You know, the illusion is there. Mm-hmm. And that southern <laughs> accent was pretty believable. Oh I would say. Also, that they were. It was her. It was him and um and Cecily Strong. Yes, and basically they were like it was the uh you know when the lights go out uh, the night the lights went out in Georgia like um uh moment from designing women like you know um right. it was so good it, it was, was just it was excellent Rue was so indignant and she was only a temp mm-hmm. that was the best <laughs> <laughs> oh right because it was an office it was like, it was like an, an office, office uh, yeah thing I forgot about that that's just. 
that made me very happy. Yeah. And it was amazing. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, I'm, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I was falling asleep, but I was tired. Like mm-hmm. we'd been filming all day before that. So, yeah. but I really, really, really wanted to stay up and, and watch this because I, I was really excited for this moment mm-hmm. in history. So, yeah, I forgot that she was just the host at one point And I was like, when is she going to do a number? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because like the musical guest was not my cup of tea. She's gonna come out and do Ruby's oh Red Hot, and like no, 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 no. I don't think so. Yeah. What else have we been watching? We've been watching a lot of TV so this weekend. We just finished watching two shows on Netflix. Um, we finished Grace and Frankie season six, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, it was cute. It was um, it was a little hard to get into in at the very beginning, mm-hmm. uh, but I I did enjoy it. Yeah, it was definitely fun. Yeah, I think um, I love the hijinks. The hijinks had were were peak. Yeah, were just peak, and and that they brought in Joan Margaret a little more this season. Mm. I thought was great. Well, Joan Margaret was originally working at the at their husbands. Well, yeah, exactly. But practice. she's she's been she started working with them last season. But she didn't have, remember, when they were doing the, yeah. The dildo printing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So she has been help, you know, with them for a while. Yeah. Um, but this season, she had more of a, a presence, I think. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought it was really great. Yeah. It's a fun um, show. Yeah. And then we also watched The Politician, which was amazing. Yeah. So I did not... Hmm. We started watching The Politician and I didn't love it from the beginning. Yeah, you really didn't. It's typical for me. It's typical of a Ryan Murphy show that it takes me a couple episodes to get into it. Um, But I have to be interested in the subject matter to begin with. And I really wanted to like the, the story of The Politician. But there was just the first two episodes to me are fine. They're just there wasn't enough there. I want to say it was the third episode that really sold it for me. Um, but, um, but I was there, I was into it and, um, I just have to say, I hope I count myself grateful that I am alive at the same time that Jessica Lang is still working (gasps) because her acting is truly superb. It just, there, there's nothing she can't do and she just dissolves into every role, Mm -hmm. every character she plays. There's no hesitation. It's just a level of confidence and... Oh, she's so on good. That, on that episode, when that thing happened, and she was just like, oh. Mm-hmm. It's just, I forget that it's her. Yeah. And the the thing about it is, like, it, it's a very engaging show when you get into it. And, like, I had a similar... Well, no, I, I, I was kind of in... I was all in after the first episode, mm-hmm. but I was still like, okay, this is a Ryan Murphy thing. Like, what's he going to do? Because mm-hmm. it's either amazing like Pose has been, mm-hmm. or it's Touch and Go, which mm-hmm. is what the American Horror Story franchise has turned into and kind of like, um, you know, did a 180 when it came to the most, uh, was it 1984, right. which was fantastic. It's just a really great season. Um, but I think I think it, it, it can be a little hard to get into, um, you know, his, his, his projects because he tries to do things that other people aren't doing or he incorporates a lot of different things like you know this trope of like the wealthy teenagers like we've all 
you know, seen shows like this. It's very common. I didn't know that it was still a thing that could work. Mm-hmm. And it does. It, But you're not supposed to think it's actually possible. I don't know. He does really interesting things. Well, um, I think that uh, regular teenage, like when I say regular, I mean like, you know, I guess middle class teen, like regular teen, every, everyday teenagers mm-hmm. are scary. Add financial, like... Kind of uh, like financial independence? Independence, essentially, <laughs> to that equation. And they're essentially unstoppable. And that's frightening. It that's truly frightening. frightening. Like they wreak havoc, like you said, they wreak havoc with like regular ass resources yeah you know yeah um it it just it brought me back to like um uh what's the name of that movie cruel intentions which is like peak rich teenager you know hijinks and stuff like that yeah so i'm i'm very drawn to things like that so it sucked me right in um the standout for me was gwyneth paltrow oddly enough really oh this cuckoo kachoo mom that she was playing that still had depth i really enjoyed it see she kept pulling me out of it oh really yeah Hmm. so i didn't hate all of her performance i only i guess i only hated about half of it um but i don't know i kept i kept seeing her and being like oh fuck you goop like you know i because i feel very much that way about her too um but i did think that she probably was like the right person to play this kind of ex- super extra role mm-hmm. but to be honest with you the one who i thought could have really done it was blythe danner oh blythe that danner that was excellent. um what's what's jack's mom lillian not lillian what's uh, no uh, you mean will's mom will's mom yes what's her name i don't remember will's yes. mom will's mom she's incredible and i feel like mm-hmm. she would have done marilyn marilyn there we go marilyn um yeah can you imagine blythe danner in this role Oh, I was picturing her instead of Gwyneth oh, Paltrow the whole time. But Gwyneth Paltrow was amazing. It's it's that kind of um, isn't Blythe Danner Gwyneth Paltrow? Yes. Okay, that's, that's why, what I thought. That's why I'm like it. They're 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 very similar in a lot of ways in the ways that they act. Like you can you know like just see that that like family resemblance no. a lot. Mm-mm. You don't think this is this is fully this is fully um uh oh my god what is her name. Why am I doing this right now? Kate Hudson's mom. Oh, Goldie Hawn. This is fully Goldie Hawn and Kate Hudson. Not, not the acting gene did not necessarily transfer. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I think with Paltrow, just she's a good actress. Nope. Okay. Not, I'm not into her. I thought she was great. And I hate Kate Hudson, but love Goldie Hawn. Love Blythe Jenner. Love um bet midler and judith light when they showed up at the end of the season i was like oh that was y'all wanted a twist eh um i was like wait what are we doing because i thought like when okay anyway when they were going to that meeting i was Mm -hmm. like so did we like speed up like 10 years and um oh my god what is ben platt's character's name uh peyton i thought he was going to be in the in the meeting oh for whatever reason because they didn't give you any like um any talk any context exactly yeah uh i'm just i'm excited that it you know the the story will continue i thought it was going to be uh i thought because i had read that the show was going to be in the style of american horror story Mm -hmm. where this season follows a high school um like a high school uh Uh, like student uh student uh, body student body president election yeah Yeah. and so uh i had read that it was going to be something about politics but it wasn't going to be the same characters every season and so it looks like the introduction of judith light and 
uh, Bette Midler at the end of the season means that that's they're going to be the main story like they're going to be part of the main storyline yeah. in the net it's very season. smart yeah i also like that we're gonna that they're most likely going to keep some a lot of the characters from this first season because i really did enjoy a lot of the characters yeah on this season they were just really idiosyncratic yeah i'm still trying to decide whether i like ben platt or not um he definitely has a great he's a great he has a great voice i just don't know how great he is for film like when he's not singing i enjoyed it i did i felt it was really like honest and be because the thing is that the character was very honest i think for the most part he did want to make a difference but there were moments where i was like wait but does he really want to and i thought that was really good the way that you know certain things that he did made you question whether or not his intentions were what they what he said they were Mm -hmm. i really enjoyed that yeah I'm excited for season two, mm-hmm. so I'm sold. Yeah, can't wait. Sign me up, Ryan Murphy. Let's do it. <laughs> What's next? So next up is our Keto Corner. Ooh. And in this week's Keto Corner, we have Keto S'mores. It w- <clears throat> we have a Keto S'mores video yes. based on recipes from nomnom.com. Yes, so I was um, I was looking for something fun to do for our next set of videos, and I really wanted s'mores. So I looked up a recipe, and um, s'mores are laborious when they're keto. I'll tell you that right now. Hours and hours. It took all day to make one oh s'more. My God, it really did. It really did. Uh, that being said, um, I I love that you can actually do it like that. It's a it's a thing that you can actually do, and and I sort of feel like so. The recipe was written by someone who lives in a more, um, uh, like in a wet climate. Yeah. And our apartment just tends to be very like hot and dry. So I think that um, this is all relating to uh, creating the marshmallow. Mm-hmm. So one of the in, one of the things that you have to do is let it dry out completely, and you, it basically takes six hours for it to actually happen. I think that we were done after an hour with them. Yeah, most we didn't likely. test them out. Because we probably would have ended up with soup. I don't even know. But I feel like because of how dry and hot our apartment is, I think the um, the gelatin was able to set a little bit faster in those. So um, I actually am looking toward making a s'more ice cream at some point in the future. So I'm excited for that. And I'm happy mm-hmm. that we were able to make this recipe and film it. And... Um, and that we're putting it out right before Valentine's Day because you know you and um, you and your sweets can have something sweet for <laughs> uh, for Valentine's Day if you're keeping keto, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you can check that video out on our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go to grizzlykiki.com/slash/youtube or you can go to youtube.com/slash/grizzlykiki. Um, so there is a pettiness this week. So let's cue that music. My pettiness. Is killing me and I. And twist, it's not me delivering it. I'm petty this week. <laughs> I'm secretly very petty. I'm rubbing off on I you. I just don't let anybody know it. Only Robert gets to uh, to hear my pettiness. But there was something. I don't even think it's petty. I just took so much joy in how shady it was. Twas petty. Twas, twas petty. Mm. Um, twas petty mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. So this week was the, uh, Jesus Christ, this week Trump delivered the annual State of the Union, or the buffoonery that the State of the Union has become, and I have made it my, like, duty to not listen to anything that this man says publicly. So I really 
I've only ever read um, transcripts of previous states of the unions, you know, bits and pieces or other speeches he's given because I can't stand to listen to him. Mm-hmm. It just it, it makes me want to hurl. But I said, be, because of the pettiness that I'm about to uh, talk about, talk about. Yeah. I said, you know what? Let me put this in context. So while I was working, I put on the State of the Union. Dribble doesn't even begin to cover it mm-hmm. from awarding Rush Limbaugh with with it was the the some medal of freedom or something whatever he gave him promising free um, Wi Fi to bringing a a, a a soldier home. He's an idiot, and even worse than that, the people who probably wrote this for him are even dumber. You know what's terrible is it? It's not that he's an idiot; it's that he's coming from a different background. Most politicians are people who have been, you know, uh, in local elections. And listen, I'm not defending Trump whatsoever. I'm just trying to give a little context for the position. So most politicians uh, or most presidents are people who were local, like they were local representatives, and then they went on to be in the Senate and all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. Trump doesn't have this background. His background is in... Uh, like corporate America, yes. essentially. And so things like uh, bringing home a soldier, you're creating, you're, you're essentially creating a stage play that's going to pull at heartstrings. That's mm-hmm. what that was. Yeah, it's manipulation. Right. But still, it's and just... And Rush Limbaugh uh, recently had, I, I forget, he had some... He was like in the hospital He was something. in the hospital yeah. for something. And so I'm sure that this was his way of saying, oh, you're, you know, one of your many talking heads that, that you Republicans love is sick right now. Let's, let's you know, send him our, th- our mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers. You know what I mean? Like, these are all theatrics that happen in corporate America uh, that are meant to uplift the um the the, the morale the not the morale but they're supposed to help with your um with uh are you talking about a hormone no i'm talking about the um the presentation of a company like if a company has a bad reputation they do things like this to help with their reputation they'll give a huge publicity donation. good publicity good publicity thank you they'll give a huge donation to uh to an organization or mm-hmm. you know like they they will stage all of these theatrics yeah. and you know there there isn't there isn't a lot of that necessarily happening in the white house but there is now because the person that is the president is coming from a corporate background terrible. that's my point yes and i anyway i receive everything you're saying but still <laughs> like there are other people behind garbage. this it is it's just it's shocking to me it's probably the only the third time that i've really listened to a thing that he's said and it's just <sighs> just want to punch him in the throat yeah like really he is horrendous anyway all that aside, he's terrible. But the star of the State of the Union was the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi, who was, because she sits right behind him, it's it's her and Mike Pence directly behind him, you could see every face, every uncomfortable wince the entire time. And then the best part was, at the end of the speech, when everybody claps and all that, she picks up the, you know, each person gets a copy of, of the State of the Union when oh, they're Jesus. sitting there. Yeah. <laughs> And she tore it in half and then walked away. I love it. And then when asked about it, she said, well, given, given the options, like that was, that was the best thing I could have done. And I, I applaud her pettiness. And it really was, I mean, you know, the only other thing she could have done was wipe her ass with it. And that would not have been very TV friendly. I sort of wish that, 
I'm, I mean, I will say I'm not 100% on board with her ripping the State of the Union speech, but that's more because she sat through it and then ripped it. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have appreciated her opening Werther's Originals or maybe having a like just a bag full of cough drops that are individually wrapped. Giving herself in. a manicure. Giving herself a manicure would have been fun. Just something because, you know, like you said, she is directly her and, and Pence are directly behind him, essentially mm-hmm. sitting on his shoulders. Yeah. And so you have to see them for the exact like if you're watching the State of the Union, you have to see mm-hmm. them just as much as you have to see Trump. Um, So it would have been fun to do. I don't know, like funny faces. I don't know, something. Kind of like those things. I forget what season of Drag Race it was. Like, while you're in the whatever lounge, we're going to, you know, make cocktails or whatever. Mm. Like, just make something that's an obscene amount of noise. Pence, however, was like a cardboard cutout. But that's no surprise. But that's just his personality. I just, (laughs) I... I love like she sat through it and she was just like and you know there are people criticizing her and so on and so forth and it's like you know what Trump is like it's going to take a lot for somebody to come close to the nonsense that you know the 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 nonsenses that have happened during the course of this administration right, like right. he set the bar so high high <laughs> in terms of the bullshit that you can do and get a, get away with or be called out what however you want to say you can it, but... get away with yeah oh my god it's just ugh. well that's what we get for having a reality tv star as a fucking president it's i love terrible i loved even though it meant nothing because he was acquitted um i loved that uh mitt romney was ready to vote to impeach him mm-hmm. and um i don't know i i really i so that was the that that happened on Wednesday, and it was when we went to see Wicked, and that was the last thing I th- I saw before the show started, and we didn't see anything else until we were on our way home, and yeah, so I I had lots and lots of hope <laughs> during that show because there isn't there isn't Wi Fi at the Gershwin, no. so we were just sitting there staring at the at the stage waiting mm-hmm. for the shit to start, but yeah. Um, I also, I, I feel good, even though I'm not a, I'm not a Buddha judge supporter by any stretch of the imagination. I, I like that it came down to him and Bernie, um, in Iowa, because I really, I really feel like Bernie is the answer. So, um, there hasn't, there hasn't been much to convince me otherwise. No. So I'm, I'm hoping for that. Speaking of which, we wanted to give out the, the dates for the primaries, but, um, we actually don't have all the dates here. So instead, I'm going to say, um, that, uh, because there are additional dates for, there, there are certain states that have their own primary. Um, or maybe they don't have a primary, but they have like a caucus, like what happened in Iowa. I know that the, um, the New Hampshire primaries are coming up or, um, they actually just happened yesterday. Um, if you're listening to this the day that, uh, we release it. So, uh, I wanted to give out the primary dates because I don't even know when, I mean, I know now, but I did not know prior to Tuesday, um, that the primaries were happening this early. Um, you can go to, uh, I think it's 270towin.com and they have an entire calendar of, um, they have an entire calendar where you can see, uh, you can look up your state and you can find out when the primaries are because we need to be out there pri- voting in the primaries as well. Because uh, it's important. It's important mm-hmm. for your voice to be heard during this, uh, this really crucial moment. Um, so we will have a link in the show notes to, uh, to, the uh the calendar um and so um i believe but i believe it's 270 to win.com uh that uh that has all of the information so 
Um, just be sure to check that out and make sure that you're marking it on your calendar. We all need mm-hmm. to be there. We we have a we have a, a, a strong responsibility this year. So Absolutely. we need to make sure that we 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 do everything we can. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode. Yes. Um, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything that means Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. You can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe. <gasps> On iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Until next time. Bye. Bye.